A reading from John. It is going to be familiar for you. John 6, beginning in the 24th verse. So when the crowd, after the Lord had given thanks, so when the crowd saw neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your full loaf, your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what, are, what sign are you going to give us, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to him, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread of, from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. But Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, this is an old um, story I've heard many times, but it truly fits where we are in our message today. There was a man, I'm going to try hard not to wander around, Terry, sorry. There was a man um, wandering in the desert who water supply was just about gone and in the far distance he could see a cabin kind of run down but he could see it he thought if I can make it there maybe I can get some water so on his last drop of water sure enough he made it to this cabin and by the pump he saw this note in a can that said there is a jar of water underneath the white rock buried in the sand so the sun would not evaporate it. Dig it up, pour half of that water on the pump so it can wet the leather. Y'all that have worked the pump know this. Then pour the rest in the pump and wait just a moment so it can be prime and when you pump, pump what you need and then refill the jar and bury it so the next one that comes, the next stranger, the next one who is in need will have the water and he too can drink 
So what would you do if you were desperately out of water, desperately in need of water? You have been traversing this desert for a very long time. What would you do? Would you drink the water that was in the jar? Or would you act according to the instructions? Believing, having faith that the pump would be primed. This story poses quite an interesting question for us. Do you believe, do you trust, do you have faith? Faith enough to act on that which is written. God has laid it out before us. He's written us a note. It's called the Holy Scriptures. We all have it. Most of us have our Bible with us. It is His Word. They are the words of our salvation. The words of life. The words of the living water. These are the words that are going to quench the thirst of our soul. The ones that are going to see us through in our very own desert of life. Do you believe, truly believe, God's Word? Jesus is our salvation. He is the only source of life on both sides of eternity. This is the question. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you have full faith in Him? Or are you sort of steering your own way? Are you guiding your own life? Have you ignored the written Word of God? That's what our Gospel today is all about. He calls us to believe. He calls us into a life of faith. Listen again. Someone in the crowd asks Jesus, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's what he's calling us our work should be. Then Jesus goes on, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We are called to believe. Not only believe, but here's the part that we struggle with. Through our belief, we are called to our faith in action. Our belief has to have some action behind it. You know, every day we express faith in something. 
we are exercising our faith. Quite frankly, every morning I get up, I go to the coffee pot, I have great faith that I have remembered to put water in it because I know it's on automatic drip. You can't believe how many times I've gotten there in such disappointment. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't do it. When you get in your car, you have great faith that when you press that button or you turn the ignition, that it's going to start. When you put a letter in the mailbox, you have faith, probably accompanied with a little bit of prayer, that it's going to be delivered in a timely manner to the correct address. When you walk into a building, are you not expressing faith in the contractor, the architect, those who put it together, that it's going to stand? In each one of these instances, there is an action to substantiate the faith. The measure of our faith is not our talk. It is not what we will say we will do. The measure of our faith is our own walk. Faith is what we do, not what we say we will do. The Bible says it in James 2.18, Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Paul Harvey, we all know Paul Harvey, famously said, If you do not live it, you do not really believe it. Believing is one thing. Faith is another. Do you have an action-filled apostolic faith? You know, I think instead of faith, we need to give it um, a little bit of action. I'm not sure if there's an English teacher in here. I am so very sorry. But maybe we should call it faithing. Faithing gives it an action, doesn't it? Faithing is expressed in the spiritual realm. In fact, faithing, I get this from the Greek word for faith. Faith in Greek is a verb. Isn't that interesting? For us, it's kind of a noun. But in Greek, in the true translation of which it was written, it is a verb. Everybody shows faith in something or someone. And the truth is, your faith is only as good as the object or the person or the ideal in which you're placing your faith. The scriptures are clear. Believers should place their faith in their trust in one thing, the spiritual ideal, the eternal ideal of Jesus Christ. God in Acts 4 said, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. 
the writer of Hebrews portrays it in a way that we are probably all familiar with. We paraphrase it maybe in some way, but we all know this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. True faith brings a confident obedience to our Father's Word, despite whatever circumstances we are experiencing, whatever life's experiences and circumstances you have gone through or going through. Faith, substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. You know, it is our faith that is our anchoring foundation. That of which everything is built on. It is what gives us the confidence to stand so very firm. Confidence in our faithing. You know, there is um, a tendency for us to kind of set our own sails so that we can direct our own boat. But in actuality, it's the Holy Spirit that sets our sails. That is the indwelling of the very presence of God that enables us to live a life of faith in if we try to move forward in that own sailboat that we are creating our own wind, we're not going to go far and we're truly going to fail. That is the transforming power that enables us, the Holy Spirit, <coughs> the enabling spirit for everyone who calls themselves a believer of Christ. Faith in action is the unlocking to the spiritual power. But in order to receive this transforming spirit, it does call action upon us on our part as always. We have to be able to open ourselves up so that the Holy Spirit can completely fill us, guide us, transform us, so that he can work in and through our faith. For Christians, faith really is not spelled F-A-I-T-H. You have heard this before, I'm sure, faith is spelled for us R-I-S-K. Because if something is not a risk, it really doesn't require faith, does it? If something is not a risk, then it really doesn't require much faith. The scriptures are very clear on this. Without faith, it is impossible to do what? Without our faith, it is impossible for us to please our God. A risk-free life is a faithless life. 
A risk-free life is a victory-free life. It also means a lifelong surrender to the mediocre. A lifelong surrender to the mediocre if we don't have that faith. Which to me is the worst possible of all defeats. To just living a life mediocre for our God. You know, it's time for us as Christians to break free of being mediocre. To just standing being stationary. We need to be on the move, being content to rowing our very own comfortable little boats on a very comfortable, familiar, calm sea. We will not grow in our faith. We can't walk on the water if we're just willing to remain in the boat in the safe place. Trust me, Satan and his army are a very present reality in our lives. Whether you accept that or not, we are engaged in spiritual warfare and it is a very serious battle. Paul told young Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life. We, each one of us, are involved in this war. And we are called to fight the good fight. Are we prepared for that battle? We can't sit on the sidelines. Satan is gathering his army. Scattering and destroying. We see it. Just watch the news. Jesus Christ is calling us, gathering his own, to be prepared for the battle. So are you armed in your spiritual warfare, Are you in your armor? Are you armed up? Are you actively involved in building the kingdom for God? Are you sharing grace with those who you knew are lost? It is impossible to be neutral. In this war, you cannot say, I'll just be Switzerland. I don't want to take a side. Faith requires us to trust, to trust in Jesus, and to trust in the Holy Word. Faith requires us to take action, to take that risk. If you do not trust in God, it is if you have not primed the pump and you just drank the water out of the jar. You know, the Bible, our book, which is comprised of 66 other books, will tell us the spiritual truths if you read it. In this book, God gives us the assurance, the strength, the conviction to live life, to live life to the fullest, regardless of your age. 
we can't just sit here and say, well, I'm not the very young. I've lived a good Christian life. You have to keep going. You have to keep faithing. Do you surrender yourself? That's the hardest part, I think. Do you surrender yourself to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith? Every day we get up, we place our faith in something or someone. Your faith is only as good as the object, the person that you place your faith. Where do you place yours? Is it in the spiritual ideal, the eternal ideal of Jesus Christ? This is the day of salvation. You know, many people call themselves Christians, but they have only surrendered to Jesus as their Savior. Not as the Lord of their life. If you have not accepted Jesus as both your Savior and the Lord of your life, you have to do both. You have to give Him your whole life to control, to be in charge, which is so hard for us, to yield. Again, there's that word yield. We always want to say, I give God control to a point. There is no yielding to a point. You have to completely yield to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that is abiding in each one of us. To be mature in your faith. You have to get out of the boat and walk on the water. You know, today you notice purposely, it was on purpose, that we did not say our affirmation of faith where we normally say it. I know you noticed it. I had to speak with Terry and Todd and Colleen and say, okay, your pastor's making a little change here. And it was on purpose. It was on purpose. And we're not saying the usual affirmation of faith that we say. And there is a reason behind that too. I don't ever want your affirmation of faith to just be rope for you. That you just stand and mumbly say it but that you think about everything you are saying, that you believe in everything you are saying, that you are willing to yield to that statement of faith. 